incarceration rates in the United States top that of any other country in the world. There are over 2.2 million people in this nation's prisons and jails, according to a 2018 report from the BJS Bureau of Justice Statistics. That is over a 500% increase over the last 40 years. If the U.S. prison population were a city, it would be part of the country's 10 largest. More people are behind bars than there are people living in major U.S. cities like San Diego and Philadelphia. My name is Rahima Nasri, and I believe that mass incarceration is a problem in our country, and being part of a diverse community, I believe many people feel the same way. Continue listening to hear about the reasons, impacts, and effects it has on our people and ways in which we can improve. So why, you may think, the dramatic growth in incarceration? Well, it began in the 1980s, the official beginning of the war on drugs. People brought in on drug offenses went from around 40,000 in the 1980s to now almost half a million in 2017. Today, there are more people behind bars for drug offenses than there are the number of people in prison or jail for any crime committed in the 80s. The increase in mass incarceration is not due to increased crime rates. Rather, it is due to changes in laws and policies. The BJS reports that in 2016, nearly two-thirds of all inmates in local jails were not convicted. So why are they being locked up? Many who are arrested are quick to get out easily by posting bail. Others who can't afford it are trapped behind bars. They're either waiting for court to do something or they drown themselves in debt to secure their freedom. There has also been a historic rise in life sentences. Now one in nine people in prison are sentenced to life without parole. One in every 37 adults in America is under some form of correctional supervision. The racial impact of mass incarceration. Different policies, racial bias, and socioeconomic inequalities are all factors in the criminal justice system. As of now, people of color make up only 37% of the U.S. population, but they also make up 67% of prison population. Altogether, Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to be arrested, convicted, and more likely to face harsh sentences. Black men are six times as likely to be incarcerated as white men. Hispanic men are twice as likely to be incarcerated as non-Hispanic white men. If African Americans and Hispanics were incarcerated at the same rates as whites, prison and jail populations would decline by about 40%. One in 10 black children has a parent behind bars, compared to one in 60 white children. Moving on to the effects of incarceration. Having a criminal record reduces the chance of a callback or job by almost 50%. The negative impact is twice as large for African American applicants. This is affecting not only the individual themselves, but those around them. Even minimum jail time results in derailing of lives. Some of these convicts are parent or guardian figures. If they are unable to get a job, then they are unable to provide for their families. They just might end up committing more crimes to provide as caregivers. Now it's understandable, one might not hire someone with a past conviction of armed robbery to come work as a cashier at their family restaurant, or an illegal immigrant who committed fraud to come become a janitor at a local public school. But there are almost always two sides to a story, and no one really wants to hear the side of the offender. Now maybe the armed robber was just a father who had a child in need of a life or death surgery and his substandard insurance wasn't covering it. His plan wasn't to harm anyone, he just wanted to see a 7 year old grow up. Or maybe the immigrant provided fraudulent information in view of the fact that he's an immigrant and needs a job to bring his wife and children to a safer country where he doesn't need to worry about his child not making it home from school. The unsanitary and unhealthy environments of the facilities are to be mentioned as well. 
15% of jail inmates and 22% of prisoners report either TB, Hep B and C, HIV and AIDS, or other forms of STDs. High rates of chronic medical conditions are common among inmates. Prisoners with existing health conditions are neglected and others develop poor health conditions due to unhealthy and unhygienic conditions of prisons. Could you even believe that the U.S. spends more money on prisons and jails than it does on education for children? Money spent on incarceration has tripled the cost of a public school education in the last 30 years. According to an analysis on the prison system, the state of California spends $8.6 billion a year on its prison system, averaging over $64,000 per inmate compared to the cost of $11,500 per student for a difference of more than $50,000. Now, if only that money was spent on improving the education system or providing better environments, there could be a less chance of dropout for students or even furthering of one's education. We all know how expensive a college education is. Most people don't even attend colleges because they simply cannot afford it. Studies have shown that 66% of state prison inmates haven't graduated high school. It is proven that the higher the level of education, the less likely for one to end up behind bars. So how do we solve these problems? Where do we go from here? We need to work on treatment, prevention, and long-term solutions to appropriate these situations. Just throwing people into prisons isn't working. It is ineffective in most types of crimes. For example, youngsters, many whom commit in groups and drug crimes, once in prison, they're just replaced by others who are looking to either fill their pockets or who struggle with addiction. Studies also show that as people grow older, they are less likely to commit crimes, starting in their late teens and continuing into their 20s. There's a sharp drop as adults reach the 30s and 40s. Long-term imprisonment of these men, who are probably going to stop, isn't an effective route. Without a doubt, they probably do deserve to serve time for whatever crimes they did commit, but lengthy prison times are not effective. While those older guys are locked away, there's new ones replacing them day after day. Rather, we should be working on eliminating prison for lower-level crimes. Prison should not be the default for when someone breaks the law. The effects during and after incarceration are disastrous. Instead, probation, community service, or treatment are all alternatives for small crimes. Longer stays in prisons don't lead to lower recidivism. In contrast, the opposite is true. Longer stays increase the chance of a convict reoffending. There is no reason to keep people behind bars when it is not necessary. In the end, our priorities are to end the widespread use of solitary confinement, protect our people, and bring school back into prison. This is our best chance of reducing recidivism and increasing employment and incomes. Now we can begin to see the other side of appropriate punishment.